I don't know. I don't know, bro. You tell me, bro. You said he turns let's, let's see if mine lines up with yours. <laughs> What's up, gang? My name is Chase. And my name's Luke. And we are Crooked Sticks. Welcome back. Season 2, Episode 5. Number 5. We got it right this time. Last week was brutal. Yeah. Um. So what we've kind of decided to do this past week in between videos is pick a book, right? Pick a book of the Bible and some stories specifically and really break them down and kind of study them and get a feel for what it's what it's saying and, and just get better clarity. And so the, the book we chose was Daniel. Daniel. Yep. And we're talking about kind of cha- more so specifically chapters one through six. Correct. is what we're hitting on um and and so a lot happens in here and so to kind of open it right before we before we just dive in i kind of want to set the stage so this is uh the stories kind of take place right after the first attack on jerusalem by the uh, babylonians yep right and so they come in they raid um jerusalem and they steal goods they steal uh you know gold and silver and it, it kind of most importantly they end up taking people and and the the kind of the mindset is they're they're going to take these people back to babylon and train them to become servants for the king is is their goal and so out of these men and and people that they take is four dudes and one of them is daniel correct daniel and like uh three of his buddies yeah, as a sure they're, they're Mich- close friends. Michelle and Hananiah is the other three. Yeah, and there are some crazy names. Um, you'll hear King Nebuchadnezzar, yeah, uh, Belteshazzar, or Belshazzar. <laughs> yeah, we tried to say that ten times. So man. we're gonna just say King King Neb and King, King B. B. King yeah. B. Yeah. So if you hear those, those names could definitely choke us up here. So I was also told I gotta limit my dudes in this episode Dude. from BJ. So yeah. <laughs> Well, and Sorry, and me saying you it. know, yeah. If you hey. go back and see how many times he says "dude" and you know, oh my but, gosh, uh, the book lot. of Daniel. So we have the the four of them being exiled into Babylonian um, territory territory yeah. uh, by King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, he pretty much sent guys back to find the most wise people, hmm. uh, the most fit, uh, soldier like. It seems good looking. Good looking. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and something that Daniel had that none of the other ones did was to be able to interpret dreams. And uh, God did give that to him, uh, the power to Daniel. And you'll see that in this story here. Uh, but kind of what happens is Daniel starts moving up the ladder. Yep. And so Nebi, yeah. <laughs> yeah. King like Nebi, that. has a dream. Yeah, and he has all these magicians, these uh, sorcerers, all these people in his kingdom that he brings to the table and says, "I had a dream. It scared me. Mm. Tell me what that dream is and what it meant." Yep. And none of these people, they're like, "You're crazy! Like, if you don't tell us what the dream is, no one on this earth is going to be able to tell you." Yep. And they, he sends King Nebi sends out. The troops to kill these people because they couldn't figure it out. Yeah, basically saying, hey, if none of these guys, these people I think are wise men, right? If none of them can tell me what I want to know, kill them all. 
Yeah. Let's be done with it. We'll just, we're moving on, you yep. know? And Daniel's like, whoa, hold up. Right? Yeah. No, that ain't, just give me a sec. Let me go sleep tonight. I'll come back tomorrow <laughs> and we'll see if we can hash this out. Right. Yep. And so he goes and he, and he prays and that's what, that's what he prays for him and his three buddies that got brought in. They all pray for, for God to give them the wisdom, give Daniel the wisdom to be able to interpret that. For sure. And that's where we were and, talking. Yep. Yep. And so once he has this dream, I mean, God tells him what this, this dream that Nebi had. Uh, and sorry if yeah anyone gets offended by us <laughs> shortening these names. It's up. just easier. Trust <laughs> yeah, me. It's just trust easier. Um, but then Daniel says, "Okay, bring me to King Nebi. I'm going to tell him what the dream was." Yep. And Daniel lays it all out. I mean, it was a dream about a very tall structure. Uh, I think man-like. So Statue. it was a gold, yep. gold head, silver arms, bronze body. Um, I'm pre- iron, iron for the legs, iron legs, yep. and then some clay. Yep. And this meaning was, you know, you you pretty much start at the top, and it's it's pretty much a timeline of how the structure of the kingdom is going to go in the future. And then once you get down to the bottom where the iron and clay is, well, they don't hold very well, so they're going to be separated. And you'll see that kind of at the end of the story where things get separated. Um, but with this, Nebuchadnezzar uh, says, Daniel. You win, dude. Let's, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be a leader. You're going to be one of the top dogs here at, uh, at, at Babylon. Babylon. Yeah. Yeah. So then with uh, after this, Nebuchadnezzar decides to build a statue. Yeah. A 90-foot golden statue. Yeah. It just it just think of 90 feet. Right <laughs> 90 now. feet and 9 feet wide. <laughs> so this isn't like... And he like puts it out in the plains where everybody... Even, you know, people all over can see this thing, yep. you know, in, in the kingdom. And so it's, it's, it's there for a reason. And that reason is he wants, basically he tells people you will worship this statue. So every day when you hear the music play, the harp, the flute, the whatever, whatever it was, whatever that music is, you better bow down and worship this statue. Yep. And he brings in all these high ups from, from, from his kingdom to basically see the statue and there's like a dedication to the stat, you know, they're having a little dedication because it was built and wow, look at this. And that's where the story then goes. Yeah. And, and so when this happens, uh, there's a couple people that see that the, the three guys that came over from, uh, with Daniel, they aren't praising and bowing down to the statue. And so they kind of tattle on them. Mm. They, they say, hey, these guys weren't doing what they were supposed to. Uh, and so what Nebuchadnezzar does at the time, he says, okay, turn the fiery pits up seven times as hot as they are. He's pissed. He's pissed. He yep. sends guys two times bigger than the dudes to go wrap them up uh, and bring them to the fire. Yep. And this fire is so hot when they go to throw these guys in, the people throwing them in die from right. the fire. right. So this fire's hot and pretty much tells them, you know, you yeah. you disobeyed me. Yep. If your God is real, you he, better pray to him. He's setting an example for the rest of the, the yep. kingdom. Yep. So he tosses them in. I mean, of course, the, the people tossing them in die too. Yeah. Um, but what happens next is unbelievable. It's wild. Uh, yeah. And so he, King Nebi has these guys thrown in and... 
I can just picture him kind of turning his back, right? Like the, the flames are behind him and he turns his back to kind of look at everybody. This is my interpretation, yeah. right? Yeah. But I could just see this happening. Like he turns to kind of show his people like, look what just happened because you disobeyed me and I'm powerful. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he flips back around and he sees, and he's shocked. And it says this in the Bible. He, he's shocked. He cannot believe what he's seeing. But now there's not only the three men that were thrown into the fire standing there in the yeah. flames, there's but a there's fourth. a fourth. And, and so basically these, he, he orders them to come out. They walk out and not one part of them is singed from yeah. the fire. Not even now the keep hair. in mind, these other dudes that threw them in died. They're toast. They're toast, man. Like they got too close and died, right? Yep. These guys were thrown in and they could have played a game of Uno in there and they came out <laughs> unsaved. You know what I'm saying? They came out untouched yeah. and God protected them and delivered them from that. Yeah. So let's, uh, that is pretty much chapters one through three at this right. point. Yep. Let's stop here and just like break this down. Yeah. And talk about how, because really what we want to talk about is bringing, bringing Daniel, Daniel's story into the podcast, but want to relate it back to yeah. our lives today. So um, one thing is standing strong. These guys yeah. stood completely strong on what they believe. Absolutely. Uh, and, and really showed and proved all the way to the time of their death. Well, what, what could have what, been. What, what thought was their, yeah, what, what yeah. everyone thought was their death. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, do you see any uh, other parts of these chapters here that relate back to, yeah. to what we can learn from? Oh, for sure. So in part, part of what we missed too was... Um, when these guys, when they get pulled in for, uh, pulled out of Jerusalem mm-hmm. and, and they're being trained to basically become servants for the King, right? Mm-hmm. For the training years, right? is three years. Yeah. It's three years long. And the King orders the guards to put them on a Babylonian diet. Basically like these guys will eat well, they will eat rich foods. They will drink wine. They will, the goal was. They about to beef up, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we're going to strip them of their identity, of their Israelite identity. We're going to strip them of that. We want them to become Babylonians now. Yeah. They even and gave so, them new names. Even gave them new names. Cause it's like, no, we're everything they know we're taking away from them. They're going to become us. Right. And they're going to serve us. Now you think of that. Okay. Daniel and his three buddies all said to the guards, like, hey, they kind of cut a deal with the guard. They're like, hey, listen, man, we ain't doing that. We ain't eating all that food. We ain't drinking wine. Like, we we just want veggies and water. Mm-hmm. That's all we want. And the guard's like, listen. <laughs> the guard's like, listen, you're going to get me in some deeps. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get in trouble with King Nebi, and this ain't going to end well. And they're like, listen, man, let's, okay, let's cut a deal. Let's go 10 days. I think is what it was. 10 days. They say, let's go 10 days. You look at us after 10 days and then look at these guys that you're feeding rich foods and wine and let's see who looks better. And if we don't look as good, all right, then deal with us accordingly. But let's do that. And he's like, hey, fine. Comes back after 10 days and he's like, you guys look better than those guys, you Mm -hmm. know? And and so he allows them, he kind of breaks the rule and allows them to do that. But even in that situation, they never folded. Right. They, they, they said, no, we're not, we're not basically defiling ourselves 
to become something that someone else wants us to be. We know who we are. Exactly. And, and, and we know what we believe in. And we know what we believe in, and we're standing strong in that. We're not going to fold. And I think that's an important piece that we can all take away from just that portion in general. All of it, the whole up till chapter six, you can do that. Yeah. But especially in this scenario where it's like, man, you want me to bow down and worship who? No. I'm not, No. I know who I believe in. And guess what? In, in, they even say this in the, in the Bible, right? Daniel and, and his crew, they basically say, listen, um, you could throw us in the fiery furnace. That's fine. I trust that my God could save me. But if he doesn't, that doesn't mean I don't have faith in him. Right. I still trust him that his plan is greater. So I'm not worried about it. If that's what we got to do, let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah. And so they get tossed in. And I, I just think that's a huge point that we can all take away from that is um, our world is filled with such sin more than ever. I feel like um, idolatry. There's so many we talk about. We've talked multiple weeks about influences. There's so many outside influences in the life of a Christian that can try to pull you away from what you believe in. Yep. Just the fact that, you know, there's people that are scared to admit that they're Christians or admit that they follow Jesus because they don't want to lose friendships. They don't want to ruin family dynamic. Yep. They're scared of death. And that's a real thing. And we don't tend to think about that. Right. So you think about countries like Asia and um, Latin America. You think about Africa. You think about these different places. Right. There's. I think I was reading there's five thousand over five thousand Christians died last year, totaling up out of out of these different areas of the world. Um, over fifteen thousand churches were attacked and forced to shut down because Jeez. of faith in Jesus. Um, Two hundred ninety five thousand people were displaced from their their homes and their family because of their faith in Jesus. So it, it we might not feel that here in the United States but because we have freedom in that regard, but it happens. Yeah. And it's hard for us to wrap our head around that because we've never seen it. If we see something like that, it's all oh, that, oh, you're a Bible thumper. That you I mean, that's like yeah. the extent of it. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's real, man, that, that there is persecution happening. And still we can take that example from Daniel and say, no, we're going to stand firm. Reg- yep. Regardless, I trust God. And it's just, it, it's again, reminding us to trust him in all things. For He's sure. sovereign over all things. He is more powerful than anything we're facing. And he's got our back. And it makes me think of, I think you said this back in season one, uh, that this scenario here with getting thrown in a fiery pit. Yeah. I remember you saying that if it came down to one day that someone had a gun to the back of my head. Yeah. And they asked me if I believed in Jesus. What would your answer be? What would your answer be? Right. And you just hope to have that much faith right. in what you do. I think, you about just that. I think about that all the time. In that scenario, yep. that you have the balls right. to be able to prove that you are true to your word. Right. And that's what these guys are doing in and out of this story. 100%. They are literally standing true as gold. Yep. To the fiery pits, and then now we're going to go on to the lion's den. Yeah, which it carries on. Which it carries on. So, yep. Um, after the fire, or yes, after the fiery pits. Yep. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar has a second dream, and yes. 
uh, this dream has to do with a tall tree and fruitful um, fruitful branches and it grows this tree is as tall as the uh, the clouds in the sky um, mm-hmm. all the way up to the heavens right. I believe it said uh, but eventually this tree gets the limbs cut off and it starts falling apart and then all of a sudden it's down to uh, its stump and so he brings Daniel in and is like hey Daniel what uh, here's my dream he didn't make him tell the dream again but gave him the dream yeah uh and daniel said i i wish this was for your enemies but this dream is for you and what happens is uh pretty much what he's saying is the tree is you it's just you're gonna lose your reign yeah you are gonna lose your power uh you're gonna be taken down you're gonna be replaced yeah and that's what happens right and so that happens and so what happens after that is uh, King B. Belshazzar. Belshazzar. I we'll try to pronounce it. <laughs> Belshitz, dude. <laughs> um, Belshazzar takes over. And so at this time of Bel, uh, King B yeah. uh, on the throne, Neb has kinda, now kind of went. He goes haywire, dude. He goes haywire. He loses it, kind of goes savage. They they actually I think they call him a beast in the in the book, yeah, uh, in the Bible and he's eating grass. He, like I cows. mean, yeah, like God humbles him to throwing the, out his hair. Yeah, God humbles him to the fullest. Yep, and it it as a result he kind of understands. Geez, I I haven't been living right. Yep, and gets right with God, and that's amazing because I mean that's that's a good part of the story where I guess I didn't think of this before, but. That's a lot of people that that happens to. You go right. through life, you see all these trials, you see all these tribulations, the the adversity you go through, and there's a lot of people that come to Jesus late in life. Right. Um and and this is a good cuz he's 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 often people, you know. Right. I mean, in these kingdoms back in the day, I mean, you didn't get second chances. It was like you're either do your job and you do it right or you're dead. Right. And this was the man doing that. <laughs> right, right. He was making these choices. So uh, for him to come to God and and show his appreciation, I mean, I think that's relatable to a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Not to mention just being humbled. Yeah. Because it's constant. Even in the life of a Christian, it's like you can you can go through those waves of, you know, I see it. I see it with my career. That's something personally that I deal with. I'll be doing really well, and I forget to give that glory to God. Yes. And all of a sudden, yeah, you might do well for a little while, but if you ain't giving glory where it's due, he's going to knock you down a step. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I find myself doing that a lot, especially in my career, is having these good stretches, losing sight of where my blessings are coming from, and and almost there's that self-righteousness, there's that that feeling of I'm doing this on my own mm-hmm. pridefulness. Right. And then all of a sudden God humbles you quick and you makes you think, Oh crap. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Shoot. I'm sorry. You know? And, and it's, I mean, you have to have those mo- I mean, those moments help you grow yep. as a follower of Christ. And so we're going to naturally have those things happen. Um, so I think again, that's something we can take away from just that story alone. That little, that little snippet is that um, you see that a lot throughout the entire Bible, really. 
Yes. Especially in the Old Testament with kings and different things happening um, that that God is God is where those blessings are coming from. He's he's the power source. We're tapping into the power source. We're not the power source. Exactly. You know, and so if we want to think we are, that's the result. We, yep. we will be humbled. It's a fact. So continue. Sorry. That's awesome. No, that was a good way to put it. Uh, so King B takes over at this point, and King B is throwing a party. Mm. They have golden cups from Jerusalem. That they stole. Yeah, they're pouring wine. Mm. And all of a sudden, this hand shows up out of nowhere, just a hand, uh, and writes a couple words. I don't remember what the words are, uh, but he can't find anyone to figure it out. I guess who can? Guess who can? Mr. Daniel. Daniel son. Daniel son. So they get Daniel son uh, into the room, and what happens is Daniel says, "Okay, I'm going to interpret this." Yep. And what these words meant were that once again, your throne's about to be derailed. Uh. You haven't done anything. God has all the power. You ain't living right. You ain't living right. And one of the deals was if Daniel could read this or whoever could read this writing became third in the, uh, the structure. So he was going to get a promotion. Daniel's been promoted like 18, <laughs> yeah. 18 times at this point. Like he's just working up the deserving dude, the company ladder. You know yeah. what I mean? He's just getting to the top. He really is. And he's making everything better as he goes. Right. Uh, but um, pretty much says you're going to get dethroned. Oh. Uh, God is in control. He's going to pick who is the king. He's going to pick when that king happens. Yeah. And guess what happens? Daniel gets his position. And Mr. King B dies that night. King B. Oh. King B. And so after that, Darius the Mede comes into play. Darius? I don't know. Darius? What it, I don't know what it is. Either way works, dude. Darius? Darius. Durs? <laughs> I don't know if it's that, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so, uh, King, King B. B. King B comes yep. in. King B's gone. Uh, King D comes in. And this is where... The whole situation of uh, idolizing people comes into play again. 100%. And what happens is, is Daniel has his position, and the people underneath Daniel and working with Daniel cannot find a flaw on this guy. King D. No, on Daniel. Got it. Okay. They're yep. looking at Daniel, and they're like, dude, something's got to be wrong with this guy. You know, essentially... Yeah. And so they start getting kind of jealous. And so they go to King D and they say, hey, King D, we should put something in place that if someone is idolizing someone else or a king or sorry, Different a god, god, yeah, then they should be put in the lion's den. They got to die. They got to die. Yep. And King D thinks about it and he's like, you know what? That's a good idea. Let's do that. And one of the rules is once the king signs a, a deal in a rule. There's no taking it out. Can't change the rule. No backsies. No backsies. No backsies. And so, essentially, these guys, whoever went to King D and said this, is kind of setting Daniel up. They know. Because yeah. after the rule's in place, they see Daniel praying. Yep. Daniel's on his knees. As soon as he hears that rule's in place, 
and he's still praying three times a day. It's like a blockbuster movie. They, yeah. They just set him up, gave him up to they, the feds. They literally do that. And so they go back to King D and say, hey, yep. we know a guy who's praying three times a And they go, it's Daniel. But King D likes Daniel. Yeah, he don't want him to die. He don't want him to die. But he has to follow the rule. He's freaking out. He's like, how do I get out of this? <laughs> right. You know, because right. Daniel's such a good guy. Yeah. And so King D sticks to his word. He goes, all right, go go arrest Daniel. And he says pretty much to Daniel, I hope your God saves you, but you got to go in the lion's pit. Lion's den. Yep. Puts him in there for a night. Yep. All of a sudden, King D jumps out of bed the next morning, goes and checks the pit. Daniel, Daniel, did your God save you? And Daniel yells out. Uh, I don't remember what exactly he yells out, but pretty much said, the Lord is my Lord. Still here. Yeah, still here. <laughs> yeah. That's all he had to say. Right. Uh, and, and he said, God sent an angel uh, who kept the lion's mouth shut. Yep. And so what happens is Daniel comes out and King D says, all right, all of your accusers plus their wives plus their children, mm. kind of sickening, yeah. uh, get to go in the lion's pit. And before those people could hit the bottom of the lion's pit, the lions just destroy them. Yeah. So once again, such a moment of sticking to your guns. Right. And having to pay the price. But of course, God was there to help. Yeah. So so kind of in summary, I mean, just thinking about all these stories, because that's that pretty much sums up chapter six. Yes. So that is that, that is, is one through six. That there. is the that is what we studied. And so, you know, things that I keep thinking about or kept thinking about while reading it was, um, you know, the first one being standing strong in your faith, not yep. not folding. Right. Um, the other one was, I think it's important to note that throughout the entire, you know, section we read one through six. Um, Daniel never wavers in in his faith. He never um, puts anything else as the centerpiece of his life. It's always God. Yep. And I think so many of us don't do that. Even as followers of Christ, we don't tend to do that. God is so kind true. of God is kind of one of those things we work into our life with sports, working out, careers, hobbies. Right. It's just another yep. thing we add. It's another task we add to our list to say, oh, I'm going to pray today. Oh, I'm going to read my Bible for a little bit today. Instead of instead of every instead of God revolving around everything else in our life, everything should revolve around God in our life yes. is the way I'm seeing it. You know, and I think Daniel shows us that and leads by example there for sure by showing us that, hey, no, I'm not. I'm not wavering. This is where this is where every this is the most important thing in my life is yeah. God. And if I got to die because of it, so be it. And right. He and was, it, he was working a similar. I mean, a full time job at the time too. I mean, he was leader of the pack. Right. So he had a bunch of yep. Uh, yep. wise men under him at one point, and then he was the leader of the the whole empire. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, one of the top dogs. So. Yep. 
it's not like he he would make his time for prayer, but he was working as well. So it's very right. similar to what we do on a daily basis. Absolutely. And there's always going to be time to to make that connection. Yeah. And so the last thing I noted was, so you got staying strong in your faith, not folding. Um, you have what we just talked about, which is keeping God as the centerpiece in your life priority, right? Um, but then also the, the other thing I kept thinking of was, <coughs> we'll have to edit that. Yeah, um, give it to us. The other thing I kept thinking of was the influence that Daniel had to the people around him. Daniel's son. And, and so again, I, I touch on it. We've, we've talked influence and the power of that, but again, he truly did. I mean, if you think about it, not everybody is impacted, um, through direct evangelism, right? So right. you walking up and saying, you should believe in Jesus. Here's why. That doesn't always work. More importantly, I think versus doing that, I think it's more important to lead by example. And I think Daniel does an awesome job of doing that throughout sure. throughout these stories that we hear, these books <clears throat> or chapters, excuse me. Um because he was one of the top dogs. People know who he is. Yep. They know what he stands for. They've seen him and his buddies go, you know, they've seen them kind of go against the fiery furnace. His buddies go against that. They've seen him stand up to these kings and say, listen, you ain't living right. You ain't worshiping the right God. Right. They've seen him stand up and say, um, yeah, I'll go in the lion's den if that's what it, if that's what it means because I'm following the right God. He, yep. he, so he's showing by example, and I think that's super beneficial and it's powerful. So the questions I think we as followers have to ask ourselves when, when looking at this, these chapters in Daniel is, are we willing to stand strong and not fold? Are we putting God at the centerpiece of our life? And... How are we impacting the people around us, Influ- being an influence? Are we showing them Christ through our actions and how we stand in our faith and how we lean on him for everything? Or are we kind of conforming to the world and living that way and God is just kind of one of those checklists every day for us? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but overall, Sounds like a good challenge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, another challenge. Ask yourself those questions, and I want to. I want you to truly think about how you respond to those. Yeah, and be honest with yourself, right? Even write them down. Yeah, just write them down and 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 pray on them, man, and just think think about that because I feel like, and that's something I had to ask myself too because I'm definitely not doing some of those questions, yeah. some of those things. I'm not doing as good as I could. Yeah. And, and so that it's, it's a gut check. It's, we say it all the time. It's a heart check, heart check, gut check, whatever you want to call it, but being real with yourself, asking yourself those hard questions. And hopefully you see growth out of that. You're able to go to God with that and say, listen, this is where I'm, this is where I'm lacking. This is where I'm struggling. I see it. I acknowledge it. Please help me with that. You know? Uh, but no, otherwise throughout that, uh, throughout all those, those chapters, um, you see kind of this, this pattern of hope being brought to the people. Um, you see promises, God keeping promise, um, and, and 
Kings being humbled. I mean, it's just it really, if you think about it, it's just constant throughout the throughout that definitely throughout that section. And looking at it as, yeah, in this world, God might not pull you out of a true fire, right? But metaphorically looking at it, right, He pulls us out of fires all the time, right? Yep. So don't think that oh well, there's no one here to throw me in a fiery pit. Well, don't look at it that way. Right. Because there is going to be a change that you have in your life that is metaphorically a fiery pit. Yep. And he's there for you. Not to mention, there's a big fiery pit coming. Yeah. (laughs) There's a big fiery pit coming, and that's eternity. And where do you want to spend it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, He has the ability to pull you out of that fiery pit, which is the more crucial one. Um. And and he did so by sending Jesus to die on the cross for us. And the only way you're getting pulled out of that fiery pit is by accepting him. And so wrestle with that, yeah. you know, and, and chew on that because that's huge, man. I mean, just that thought alone. Um, but no, I, I, I like that. Even like it says in the scripture when you're reading through that, um, these guys, they say, hey, I know my God can pull me out of this this scenario, whatever it is you're about to do, throw me in the furnace, throw me in with the lions. I know he can pull me out of that. If he doesn't though, I'm okay with it. I still know he can. That just ain't his will. Right. He's got something better for me, you know? Um, so yeah, we, we can't always expect the situations to turn out how we want them to. And that goes back to our conversation about our will versus his will. Mm-hmm. So we have to be reminded that he's sovereign over all things. He's all powerful. It's his, it's his story and we're just in it. Yep. You know? That's so awesome. that's where we're going to leave you guys. We're landing the plane on that. We um, sure are. So ask yourself those questions, wrestle with it, be honest with yourself. And then we'll see you back next week for episode six. I'm thinking what we're going to do is bring my brother on here. And he's going to share some testimony and, uh, and just share, yeah, share his life and, and finding Christ. And, uh, it's going to be fun, man. Probably be, be really fun. There'll probably be some tears and it'll be, yeah. it'll be, it'll be heartfelt for sure. So I'm excited for that, but we'll catch you guys next week. Crooked sticks out. out.